Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Meet the Author, where you can join in on insightful conversations with best-selling and award-winning indie-published authors. Your hosts today are Rob and Joan, who themselves are indie-published authors, book publicists, and paranormal investigators with Tampa Bay Spirits, based in Tampa Bay, Florida. Thanks for dropping by. And now, on with the show. Good evening to you. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Who are you, by the way? Oh, I'm Rob. <laughs> and I'm Joan. What do you mean, who am I? <laughs> you should know by now. I should. <laughs> anyway, we're glad whether you're watching us live tonight or if you're listening to us later on on the podcast or if you're watching us live, well, recorded, but live. <laughs> At another time, we already have some comments. We have Joe Conjol says, hi, Robin Joan. Hello, hi, Joe. Glad you're in the audience. And Robin Madrich says, hello, Robin Joan. Hi, hello, Robin. Robin. How are you doing tonight? We're glad that you're both here. It's going to be a fun night. Oh, Marjorie. oh Marjorie's here. <laughs> Marjorie Daring says, hi there. I'm sitting here enjoying coffee in my Tampa Bay spirits. Hey, mind. it came. Yeah. All right. All right. That's See, so... we weren't kidding. <laughs> It's it came a cute, by Pony Express. Yeah, it's a cute, cute mug though, right? <clears throat> and Joy Shelton York says, Hi, Robin Joan. Hi, Joy. Hi, Glad that you're able to join us tonight, too. Well, today George Dismukes was on CJ's um, yes. podcast and Book World, The Great Escape. 
and her co-host is going to be our guest tonight. That's right. We so we've seen him Scott twice today. Yeah. If you missed that, then you need to watch it. Check it out. The, the link is on Indie Bookstore. Uh, I posted a post with it on there today. We'll Joe, Joe Conchel says he doesn't have his mug yet. What? Well, that takes time. <laughs> Ask Marjorie. Yeah, I think they were, they were sending yours direct, I think. I, th I, to I told him I to think do that. so too. Yeah, so that'll come directly, and it takes about two weeks or so. And Marjorie <clears throat> says it is cute. It is really cute. Yeah. So, um, speaking of Voice of Indie Podcast, which we weren't speaking of, but no. uh, Voice of Indie Podcast, right after this show, uh, there at the end of our show, there's a uh, a little minute long uh, tutorial on how to get over to their um, podcast. Uh, it's hosted by Beam Weeks and Stephen Gary G's, um, both wonderful people. Yeah, they have a great show every Wednesday night. It's a call-in talk show. Yep. The, the podcast that you can call in and, and even ask questions of all the um, of all the uh, guests. Uh, their guest tonight is author Joan Hall. Can you bring up the little? Uh, well, I could if I was thing. on the right. Page. I'm not on brands. I'm well, on you'll comments. Get there. You'll get there, I'm sure. All right. We're just right there. there we go. There we go. Here we Boom. are. Boom. There it is. Uh, <laughs> Joan Hall. Uh, that's tonight, immediately following our show. Um, and uh, this, the only other things we have going on is uh, this Saturday, um, episode Rewind, right <clears> where <throat> you're at right now, 5.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, of course, uh, here in the U.S., um, it, this Saturday's guest is Frank Ruffalo. Uh, that's this Saturday, March fourth. So that was a real good, uh, real good episode as well. So I think you'll enjoy it. Marjorie Deering says, "Oh, it's worth the wait." She's sorry for you, Joe. It yeah. is worth the wait. It's, it is. It's fun. You can even hold off on your coffee until you get it. And um, Rob designed the logo of our team. And all the T-shirts and coffee mugs and stuff. Yeah, so don't don't yell at me though. <laughs> if you don't like it. No. Uh, next, you did a good job. <laughs> next Wednesday we won't be here in person, but we do have a wonderful new episode for you that we pre-recorded with an author who's in Australia, uh, Paul Rushworth Brown. He's the author of Skullduggery and Red Winter Journey. Um, he was born in England, moved to Canada when he was young. Played, even played pro soccer in the Canadian National Soccer League. And then he moved to Australia, where he lives currently. Mm -hmm. So he's really an interesting uh, mm -hmm. man. Yeah, yes. Uh, and it's going to be a good show. That's next Wednesday, 7 o'clock, right here, where you're at right now. Um, join us uh, for that. Uh, tonight we have with us another Texas author. <laughs> How about that? And another underground author's author. And another ground author. Um, he was a public educator for over 38 years. He is the co-host of Book World, The Great Escape podcast with C.J. Peterson. And he's the author of The Conquest of the Veil series. So now that you know all about him, we're going to bring him in and he can tell you all about it again. <laughs> Hi, Michael. Hey. hey. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on Thanks the show. Yeah. Joe Conchal actually is an underground author, too. He's in the okay. audience. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, now Michael is an underground author, but he didn't write any of the books for the Magnolia. Not in the Magnolia series, series. Right, right, right. 
But you were in the underground authors long before they did the Magnolia, Magnolia Bluff, Bluff series. <laughs> yeah, we did a, a short story compilation, and uh, yes, yeah, and CJ was part of that, I think, as well. And uh, uh, just didn't have time to do the Magnolia series, but I've read a lot of good things about it. And a lot of good authors are contributing to that series. I think they've been very successful. So it's a really good series. We're really mm -hmm. enjoying reading it <laughs> mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, so. we are. It's it's been fun so mm -hmm. far. All of them have been yeah. fun. It's uh it's been an interesting series and a great idea. Confusing mm -hmm. as heck because we are now writing a book and trying to keep all of the characters in mind <laughs> without using someone who's been killed off. Yeah, now, now there's a gazillion characters. So it's like oh boy. <laughs> At least I need a computer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. At least we get to write the first book of the third season, so everybody after us will have to worry about who we killed off. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. going to tell you. <laughs> so, Mike, enough about us. More about you. More about you. Why don't you tell us how you got? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, as you uh, saw a little bit in the bio, um, I was a public educator for thirty-eight years. I was a teacher. I taught science. I was a basketball coach. And the last 17 years, I was an administrator. Uh, all 38 schools, I mean, all 38 years, I spent at the same school, Chapel Hill ISD, which is uh, near Mount Pleasant, Texas. Uh, great school district. Uh, loved it so much. After I retired, I ran for the school board. Now I'm on the school board there at Chapel Hill ISD. So, uh, but I've always... Uh, been a voracious reader, and I think it's probably no surprise that uh, many, many, if not every author at one time, has was a started out as as a reader. Oh, and yeah. uh, I loved science fiction. I loved uh, oh a little bit more about myself before I slide off into that. Uh, my wife's name's Melanie. I have two children, Brett and Holly. Brett mm -hmm. is a uh, works for First Financial. He lives in Abilene. And my daughter Holly's a PTA. Uh, she's married. AJ Crisp, our grandson, uh, uh, will be two years old, March 8th, and will be celebrating his birthday a little early, March the 4th, because I go to the state basketball tournament every year, uh, which is unfortunately the same week as Jason's birthday. Um, started writing uh, about 12 or 13 years ago. And the reason I started writing was because I really love science fiction and fantasy, um, but it had evolved into something a little bit different than uh, what I liked. And the books kept getting bigger and bigger, the size of doorstops, <laughs> you know, six, seven, 800 pages long. Uh, managed to make it through Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series through the first five or six books. And I was, I was done after that. Uh, Great series, uh, but uh, the stories that I grew up with, the science fiction and fantasy, which were really good stories, you know, Robert Heinlein, uh, Arthur C. Clarke, uh, you know, uh, Andre Norton, uh, you know, all the greats that could tell a story. And it seemed to me like the in the this fantasy genre, science fiction fantasy genre, of course, Lord of the Rings uh, by Tolkien. Uh, had evolved into 
so much world building, which of course is crucial with fantasy. It's a huge, big part of it. It's probably the most important part, but it that took over the story. And that became the story. So you would have two or 300 pages before you ever got to fleshing out characters and what the story arc was going to be. So I just stopped reading science fiction and fantasy. I actually expanded to, so now I read all sorts of genres and it's helped me as an author because I've been able to take different genres, the different authors and kind of combine that into this type of stories that I write. But I've always loved fantasy and science fiction. So long story short, I decided I would give it a shot. And this is a true story, believe it or not. I started writing with no formal training. And unfortunately, in college, I got a C minus in English one and English two. <laughs> and and for and let me tell you, I was thankful for the C minus. Uh, thankful for it. <laughs> so uh, so with no formal training and you know a so-so English literate person. <laughs> and when I finished, I started, I had an idea for a book. I, I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. I just sat down at the computer one day and six months later, I had a one million word manuscript. One million word count manuscript. And I thought that's what all books were like. That's the size of most books. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, one, one million word, word count. And I started attending a, a local writers organization called Northeast Texas Writers Organization, started going to some writers conference. And I learned much to my chagrin that most science fiction and fantasy books range from 70 to 120,000 words in word count, which meant that I had enough material for 10 books. Wow. <laughs> so I decided at that point that I needed to learn more about writing and about what it takes to produce a book. So I started attending the writers conferences, the writers meetings, and uh, produced my first book, The Treasure Hunt Club, 12 years ago, and was traditionally published through a publishing company. About that time, I'm sure you all recall, if you're an author or a writer, you certainly recall that the uh, publishing industry was going through an upheaval. Brick mm -hmm. and mortar bookstores are going out of business. And publishing companies are going bankrupt left and right, large, small, and in between. And mine was one of those. And uh, it took me a couple of years to get the book back. And I republished it with a Caleb Pertle, who's also one of the Earth underground authors. Caleb was instrumental in helping me get my book back and, and then republishing it with a different book cover, Ispen, and, of course, um, company name or, or same, same manuscript. Well, I had to adjust the manuscript a little bit. And then nothing. I didn't write anything else until about 2017 because I was junior high principal. I was before that assistant principal and junior high principal left me no time, much less energy to try to write. And so until I retired, which was in 2017, uh, I did not write any books. And but since that time, I've written six more, including a four-book four series called Conquest of the Veil and two additional standalone books, The Janus Witch and Edison Jones. And that has led me to Comic-Cons and various author uh, shows and uh, 
you know, going to lots of different book events across Texas and Louisiana, Oklahoma and Arkansas. And it's been fun. And uh, it's been a it's been a wild ride so far. Well, we have a couple of comments. Joe Conjol says, Rob, you'll have to read the series faster than this to I, keep up. I guess so, right? Yeah. <laughs> but Michael, he also has a question for you. Hi, Michael. Big question of the night. Plotter or pantser? I am 110% a pantser. I have a general idea of a story. I have a general idea of the characters. I have a general idea of the beginning and ending. And everything in between is subject to change. I go where the thoughts and story takes me. And so 100%, like 110% pantser. I, I don't think I could do it the way. And I've, I've got a lot, a lot of author friends who are, who are plotters, you know, uh, planners. And uh, I... I can't do that. Um, I've got a quick question. Uh, do you do you use um, the computer or do you handwrite everything? No, no. I have a. I've, I've used a computer. Okay. Um, uh, even in my one million word count, uh, the thing when I finished that one million word count monstrosity, a good that's a a good question, Rob, because I didn't realize. Another true story. This is another part of that true story. I didn't realize till I printed it out. And I had a five inch binder. Oh, my goodness. Okay, like this. And then I step back and I go. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, that 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 don't look right. <laughs> that's enough for a series, though. Just break yeah, it in. Now, yeah, that's right. You use it for a ship anchor is what you could have used it for. Uh, well, and, actually, and, we have a question about that. Joy Shelton York says, what did you do with the million word story? That is a very good question. And, um, and the answer is, I decided I had to learn more about writing. And so, as I said, I started going to writers conferences, attending regularly the uh, uh, writer organization meetings that we had here. And I decided that at first I was going to chunk the whole thing because then what are you going to do with the mean words? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but then I decided, man, I spent too much time and effort on that. Yeah. But I went back and I decided I had to write other books first. So I wrote The Janice Witch uh, and I wrote Edison Jones. 
And then I came back and I condensed that one million word manuscript into the Conquest of the Veil series, which was four books. Oh, and, that was a good idea. And it was not easy. And I no. certainly don't recommend anybody following that kind of path. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, uh, it was hard. It was but hard. But I think the end result. Hard, I'm sure. Well, Marjorie Deering says, I don't know, but it seems to me that formal training in the era of writing, in the area of writing, takes away from individual style, unless we're talking about pure mechanics. <clears throat> I agree. Yeah, I think so, because I think, remember, I think every single author, every single writer was a reader first. Yes. And you know what you like to read. Yes. And you know the type of, of writing style you like to read yes. from authors. And you instinctively adopt those, I believe, into the way that you write. You're taking what you like to read and translating it into books that you like to write. So uh, I think sometimes, actually... Uh, this is the difference again between planners and pantsers, and I'm not casting dispersions on either no. either kind of writer. But I think sometimes um, that the formal education, like I've had teachers, okay, let me put it this way, I hired teachers for years to to teach at school, and of course we always tried to hire the best teachers. As a general rule, not always, but a general rule. Those teachers that were straight A students in the subjects that they taught sometimes struggled to reach students because they could not understand the problems that they were going through, say in math or in English or something like that. And some of the best teachers I ever hired were those that struggled in the subject themselves because they knew what the kids did not. And I think sometimes your formal education, if you're really brilliantly into English and grammar, that sort of, how do I put this? That outshines, outweighs a good story because you're so interested, maybe not deliberately on the, the mechanics of it, that you forget that the story is the most important thing. And I don't, know if Caleb Pertle, I don't know if Caleb Pertle is listening, but Caleb told me this once, and I've never forgot it, what he said. But he told me once when I was with the Treasure Hunt Club, when he helped me pull that out of the, uh, you know, the, the out of bankruptcy from the bankrupt publishing company. And I was discouraged because of the, the mistakes that I'd made in writing it. And he said, Mike, it's a good story. He said, that's the most important thing you have to worry about. A, you, a good story is the most important thing. You can fix the commas in the wrong place and the wrong capitalization or punctuation, but you can't fix a bad story. And I've never forgot that. Uh, He's that's right. So true. Now, Robin said she agrees with Mar Marjorie about the formal training. And uh, Joe Conjol says life experience is an education in itself. Chris Christman said, good evening, Hi, all. I'm late. The internet was down. Sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that, I think too that when we first started writing and we've written books that we've never published, okay? And what I had a lot of trouble with is my kids used to call me the grammar Nazi when they were growing <laughs> up. <laughs> Because, 
<laughs> because it, grammar was really important to me. And um, I had trouble with that because when you try to write dialogue, that is dialogue that you would actually hear or relate to, isn't grammatically correct. So that was something I had to overcome because it comes off as stiff and stilted if you're yeah. always using absolutely correct grammar. Right. We have come to the time where we need to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to start talking about your books. Yeah, we'll bring up the get covers and all that kind of get stuff. Get our book uh, giveaway going and all that good sort of stuff, yeah. too. Although this has been fascinating. Yes. Hang on just a minute, uh, about three minutes, you guys. Nobody go away, okay? Don't go away. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Perfect. Mystery hovers in the Magnolia Bluff Public Library. It has nothing to do with the hundreds of suspense novels on its shelves. Caroline McCluskey is the librarian. She finds a crimson hat and a black and white poodle puppy. They belong to Esther Williams. Esther is missing. The police can't find her. Neither can the FBI. Esther's only hope is a ring of three women investigators who form the Round Table. The Round Table has already solved one mystery in town, but this time, a woman's life is at stake. The Doggone Diamond Dilemma is now available on Amazon. They thought the siren was dead. In the novel, Siren Song, by author George Dismukes, James Harmon shot her twice. Several people saw her dead body sinking slowly into the abyss. But now, in Siren Song 2, evidence suggests that she may still be alive. She killed that boatload of people. It was her! And she's just getting started! Angie, that's impossible. The cold chill up my spine tells me it's not impossible. We've got to start all over again. And this time, do it right. Siren Song 2. The story continues. Available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and many other bookseller websites. Get your copy today. It's a murder scene. Like many others, except the prime suspect is a beautiful woman from Detective Ray Schiller's past. Ray is determined to help her, but at what cost? back with a vengeance in targeted don't miss a second order now 
And we're back. Welcome back. We have a quick comment from Marjorie Deering. She said, here's a short quote unquote major edit story. Deer Crossing, my debut Ray Schiller novel in my mystery police procedural series began as a sci-fi story. Huh? It's true, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big change. No kidding. <laughs> Almost, that's a major edit, right? That's a major edit. <laughs> Though she didn't have to deal with a million words. That's true. But I still say he could have broken it up into a four-book series. Yeah. That's what he did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, ha, ha, ha. He's so funny. Well, let's go through your books here. And there are quite a few of them. Right. Here we have The Open Portal. Now, that's the first one in the Conquest of the Veil series. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yep. Now, did you just say this came from the million word? It did. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. Can you describe the book cover to those that are just listening? Uh, the book cover of the book? Yeah. Uh, well, the book cover, uh, I like custom-made book covers, and um, a lady named Jay Hears, who is a cover artist from London, England, is the one that did the book cover. She does original artwork for books, and uh, she's done several of my covers, and she did The Open Portal. The Open Portal is the first book in the Conquest of the Veil series. It's very much a coming-of-age um, uh, story. The uh, the main character the, is a 18-year-old bullied teenage girl. She's a high school senior, and unfortunately, uh, an all-too-familiar story nowadays is she has reached the point where she's decided to commit suicide. But mm. before she can carry out the act, her guardian angel appears to her, which is kind of a well-worn trope. But I modeled my guardian angel after uh, the butler in Arthur. Uh, he's very rude and condescending, but he offers her a chance to swap her life with someone else. Doesn't tell her anything else, just that. And she decides, why not? It's got to be better than my life now. So she takes him up on it. And the next day she wakes up to find that she's on a parallel world of Earth where technology has been replaced by magic. But best of all, she discovers that she has transformed from a rather plain-looking young lady to a stunningly beautiful woman with servants and riches. So in her mind, um, she has won the lottery. Her wildest dreams have come true until the other shoe drops. And she discovers that her guardian angel did not tell her the most important detail or fact of all. And that is on this parallel world of Earth called Meredith, there is a partition of magic called the veil, which divides the world into a good side and an evil side. And she's on the wrong side. Uh-oh. And, uh, and it's told it's, it was what I, what I would consider to be epic or high fantasy. A story epic fantasy is told over the course of four books. She meets and falls in love with a, uh, a young prince who is a damaged individual, uh, equally as bad as she is. Uh, but the fact that the matter, but, but oddly enough, the pieces of their personality, each that's missing, the other one seems to fill. So it's a good fit, but it's told again over, over four different books. And 
Again, it's uh, I would consider it to be high fantasy, epic fantasy. If you like Tolkienist Tolkien type stories, uh, it has very much that kind of twist. But it does start out in a contemporary setting, and a lot of my books do, and there's a reason for that. I like to appeal not just to people who read fantasy and science fiction, but to those who have never read a science fiction or fantasy book before. And my hook to them in this contemporary setting is to start off with characters everybody, regardless of genre, can relate to from the jump. And the story starts from the jump. The world building comes, but it's not necessarily the first thing that does. And it doesn't overshadow the story. So I've tried to write the books that I have that are science fiction and fantasy in a way that someone, again, to repeat myself, has never read a fantasy book in their life would enjoy the book and the story. So my question then is, have you had any feedback from any of your readers to find out if they had never been interested in science fiction, but found your books and decided they liked it? I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing this now for, like I said, since about 2017. Yeah. And last uh, was going along pretty good until COVID. Then COVID hit. We all know everything yeah. came to a grinding halt. And, but since then, I've been to so many book events. I've been to uh, a lot of comic cons. And I have received tons of feedback, both in person, but people who have bought and read my books, as well as online and reviews and things. And uh, so I think that I'm satisfied and I'm happy with the, the uh, feedback that I've been getting. And I think I did what I set out to do. Now, does that mean I'll be a best-selling author or another Stephen King? I don't know. And to be honest with you, not that I don't care, but that's the way I like to write. And uh, which is which I feel is uh, my niche, if you want to call it that, the, 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 my style of writing, so to speak. Well, Chris Christman says he loves the concept, and through three other comments, he said, how much time do they spend in the normal world before shifting to the magical wor world? Meaning, how many chapters do you use to hook them before shifting? He's just curious, he says. Interesting, because I flip-flop. So in the Conquest of the Veil series, in uh, book one, The Open Portal, you will be about a third uh, the way through the book before we change worlds. Okay, before mm -hmm. the new, before uh, the main character finds herself on Meredith. But when you go back to one of my standalone novels, The Janus Witch, we start off in a medieval setting in a very much a, with a coven of, of witches who are, uh, long story short, or 30 second elevator pitch really quick. We start in a medieval setting with a coven of witches, vicious, murderous coven of witches, which are tracked down one day by a group of witch hunters who are intent on killing them. So to escape, the witches create a portal of magic, but before they can complete the spell, one of the witches is killed by one of the witch hunters and the portal spins out of control. And that leaves the remaining witches with the daunting choices of either certain death or to take their chances on the out of control portal. So, the out of con so they decide obviously, we'll take our chances with the portal which then slingshots them through time to present day East Texas. Interesting. So now into a contemporary setting. And the main witch, um, Tresselaine, suffers complete amnesia because she's critically injured to the point she's lost all memory of her previous life. 
And she, when she recovers, she falls in love with a young man who's the exact. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Opposite of the way she used to be, he's kind and compassionate. It's kind of a love story as well as a science fiction fantasy and action. But I flip-flop. I start off in the traditional fantasy setting, medieval kind of world. And then we end up in the contemporary world. And then in another novel, we start off in the contemporary world and we end up in the fantasy world. So there's a hook either way. You know, it's whether it's hooked at the beginning or hooked somewhere in between, it's still the hook. Joy Shelton York said, I admire you sticking to what you feel right for your vision. And she also says, your writing has to be authentic to you. And I agree. And Joe Conjol says, are the asks, are there any hints along the way that the book is going to, in a sense, change genre part of the way through? Well, it's the if I'm writing, if I'm like in the open portal, it is strictly, you know, it is high epic fantasy. So, and you don't, I can see where that question would come from in the sense that when you start reading the book at first, you don't really know that's the direction that, that it's going to, because it's like, okay, bully teenage high school senior. Okay. Very much a 21st century on earth in the United States, in Texas kind of problem. So, um, the hint comes when her guardian angel appears to her. So uh, I kind of do breadcrumbs, you know, just sort of leave the breadcrumbs along so that the, the reader follows them up to the point where, you know, you, you switch worlds or you switch into a fantasy vision or from a fantasy to a contemporary setting. Chris Christman says, I do love portals that are not normal. Now I have to read your books. <laughs> Good. That's the point, right? <laughs> right, right. Let's, um, so the second book in the Veil series is Escape from Wheel, right? Right. Is, and then the third one is A Witch's Brew? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the fourth one, and is this the final in the series, um, Cavern of the Veil Queen? Yes. All right. And uh, now is that a final final of the four books um, or are there plans for a fifth? So the answer to that is oddly enough, yes and no. (laughs) (laughs) So in in my standalone books, I have three standalone novels. I'm working on a fourth and I have four books in the Conquest of Veil series. So um, I, I have a character 
if, if you remember, I don't know, was it a TV series or movie series called Tales from the Crypt? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you had the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Right? And introduced each episode. Yep. From my standalone novel, um, I have an eccentric kind of unique and oddities, uh, antiques and oddities, antiques owner who's a dwarf, a uh, little person. Ah. But he has, uh, he kind of reminds me of uh, Tyrion, if you know the image Tyrion in, in Game of Thrones. Yes. But um, he is like the crypt keep, he, he sort of fills the crypt keeper, keeper role in that he's the introduction, he's the link of each story. He's not the story, but he's the link that gets the story rolling if that makes sense i gotcha now so, edison jones that's your your first standalone no the first standalone was the treasure hunt club okay here we go the treasure hunt yes. club treasure hunt club and um, then the janice witch and the janice witch okay so i just have these backwards mm -hmm. <laughs> and then edison, and edison jones. jones which is my sci-fi book and uh it is Hawaii novel. Um, the main character is a 12-year-old seventh grader. And y'all may recall back, uh, well, when I was growing up, there was a book series similar to the Hardy Boys called uh, Tom Swift. Yeah. yeah. And it was about a young genius inventor who invented cool stuff and went on cold adventures. Yeah. So my 21st century version of that, which has been out of print now for, what, 40 or 50 years, is Edison Jones. And because I taught science for 21 years, I've sprinkled science facts in it, even though it's That's a work of fiction. So when kids read it, they actually learn a little bit about science. Yeah. But, you know, so, but yeah, and that's the under, that is the uh, short story compilation. From the underground authors the beyond the sea. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think we've got that now. I think I'm. Um, You're up to speed. I'm up to speed. <laughs> we have two comments. Let's see. Oh, yes. Joe Conjol said beautiful covers. They they are really Very beautiful nice covers. covers. Yeah. And Chris Christman said he loved Tom Swift. Yeah. Yes. Well, shall we get to where we can reach you and how we can reach you in the book giveaway? Yeah. Absolutely. yeah? Or do and we then need we'll break? And then we'll break. Yeah. All right. Here we go. You know what? We never put the ticker up this oh, whole there time. There we go. Now we know who you are. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. Now, this is very easy. This is his website, and you'll see almost everything he does is very similar. His website is Michael S. Uh, Michael Scott Clifton .com. And I'll spell it this time, and then you're on your own, folks, who are just listening. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S-C-O-T-T-C-L-I-F-T-O-N. Michael Scott Clifton. Dot com. Dot com. Of course. His Facebook is author M.S. Clifton. His Twitter is author M.S. Clifton. Detecting a thread here. Yeah, I do. I'm too. Instagram is author MS Clifton. There's a theme. It is. And LinkedIn is author MS Clifton. This is like a series. 
<laughs> you can find him on YouTube under Michael Scott Clifton. That's the curveball. Uh, no, here comes the real curveball. Oh, yeah. His email. <laughs> <laughs> msclifton955 at gmail.com. Okay, and I hope everybody's fingers are poised and ready to go on the computer keyboard. Chris Chrisman, you said you wanted to read his books. Here Here's your go. chance to do at least Here one of them free. Here is the giveaway. The first three people to email msclifton955 at gmail.com will win an ebook copy of choice. And then you can buy all the other ones. All right. Isn't that a great idea? Yeah. 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 But they're all standalone. You don't need to write even your series. Well, the series are, no, they're, they're in chronological order. Okay. So you should read the first one first. Yes. Yes. Okay. Definitely. Try to read those in order. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The open portal first. And if you're, but there are a number of, you know, standalone books that you can read too. Chris says stick with the same name for everything. Nice. It is nice. It's really, most of us did not do that. We did not have the foresight to do that. Okay. No, we didn't. <laughs> not at all. We didn't. My, ours are all over the, all over the map. Oh, yes. <laughs> no one can follow the breadcrumbs. <laughs> I think what we're going to do now is take our second and last break, and then we'll come back and talk about the future uh, with Mr. Clifton. And we will keep up the email, and well, we're, we're going, going to take keep, them off. We're first. going to take the email down for a minute, but it's yeah, still but... on the banner. So, okay, so we're going to take a short, uh, our last break here now, and we shall be back in just a moment. So After don't, another word from our sponsors. Don't go away. First, there was Siren Song, then Siren Song 2. Now comes The Siren Hunter, a continuing saga about Angie Holland and her never-ending battle with the mythological denizens that are not even supposed to exist. Is The Siren Hunter a conclusion to the undersea horror? Only the sirens know for sure. The Siren Hunter. Now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and many other bookseller websites. Or contact this podcast. The trilogy is complete. People who like to read want to get their hands on books by Becca Jones. Becca Jones, the breakthrough author who tells it like it is. It takes courage to tell a story when it reveals dark secrets. Becca Jones delves deep into the hidden world of sexual abuse. She tells what happened and also tells how she survived. Meant to be is much more than just entertaining. Meant to be gives you a point of reference, hope to cling to and becomes a guide for survival if you have suffered the same thing. Meant to be. Becca Jones. A must-have. Meant to be is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and many other bookseller websites. Madison Jackson loved being a cop. 
a young girl is raped and murdered near Burnett Reservoir. Madison vows to get justice for the child. Madison travels to the heart of Mexican cartel country. She is kidnapped, tortured. Will Madison ever make it home? Justice by Kelly Marshall, only at Amazon.com. And we're back again. Yes, and let me put up that website again. The email. The email. I meant the email. Here we go. So here's the email if you would like to win a free book from Mike. Any one of those books, they all they yeah. all sound really good. Yeah, even if you're listening to this podcast later um, or watching it later than the live broadcast, go ahead Give and drop him a drop him an email. He'd love to hear from you anyway, especially mm -hmm. if you're interested in his books. And maybe he's got a few copies left. You never know whether they're all going to give be given away. Right? Yeah, it's worth a try. It's worth a shot. <laughs> right? And you do like to hear from your potential readers, don't you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure and actual readers, yeah. Mm -hmm. Current readers. Remember, if you read a book and you like the book, please leave a review. Yes. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So what's coming up, Mike, uh, on your drawing board there? Wait a minute. Chris Christman says authors love to hear from readers. That yeah. is the absolute truth. That's yeah. what, is. what is coming uh, up? Well, I... Um, I'm working on my eighth book. It's called Pringle Prawn, P Pringle, P-R-I-N-G-L-E, Prawn, P-R-A-W-N, which is a fairy who meets and falls in love with a human. So that, which it's a, uh, a lot more involved in that, but it'll be my fourth standalone book. And so um, It's not nonfiction, is it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I tried. I, I struggled to put that fiction part in there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so um having a lot of fun writing this one. Uh, it's uh, the I spent the last two or three years finishing Conquest of Ellen, as you might imagine, reducing a one million word count manuscript to four books uh, was... Well, for me, anyway, it was no easy task. So, uh, and I, found, I learned also about about uh, series books that each book, subsequent book, gets a little harder to write because you have to keep up with all of the places and all of the people, hair color, eye color, all of that. And when you get to that fourth and last book, I was using the three other books kind of like you would reference books. Oh, I remember what is the name of that person, you know, and just going back. But fun. <laughs> uh, I I'm good for about a book a year. Um, and so it'll be probably released sometime this summer, July or August. And um, anyway, I start going to quite a few comic cons beginning in the summer. Generally, the only book events that I go to, there's one or two comic cons, but I go to mostly local events, art, art walks, wine festivals, uh, book clubs, things like that that are within easy distance of where I live. And then 
Um, my wife and I start traveling to the Comic Cons beginning in the summer, and those are always fun, although it is rather tiring because we usually have to travel a pretty long way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you go to the California one? No, I generally try to stay within Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana, although I'll be going to a Mississippi Comic Con in Mississippi uh, this time around. It's interesting. It's funny because Texas is so big that actually I can go most of the places in Oklahoma and Arkansas and Louisiana and even Mississippi are closer than a lot of the Comic Cons that they have in Texas. There you go. So, um, you know, it's kind of trying to make, we try to drive. And so five hours, six hours tops is about our, what we kind of limit ourselves with in terms of the Comic Cons that we'll go to and attend. Sounds good. Uh, Robin Madrich agreed with, you and Chris saying that authors love to hear from readers. And Marjorie Daring wants to know, how do you decide on your characters' names? Do you have a method? Well, being a pantser, uh, <laughs> I definitely don't have a method. Um, so, uh, you know, those, the names just sort of, I don't know, it's hard to explain. They kind of pop into my head. Oh, and cool. You know, I'm kind of like a cow. I'll masticate on it for a while. And if, uh, you know, if I got a kind of an idea of the personality of the person and the name fits the personality, then, then I'll go to it. If I'm really stuck for characters, what I used to do is uh, my wife and I would go to North Park, Doll North Park Mall in Dallas, which is very place, very rich people. And I'll sit and I'll people watch. You get, I mean, you can get inspiration after about five minutes there for a character. So, uh, yeah, mall watching is a good a good place. If you ever stuck on characters and names, go to the mall and sit and watch those people. So, so let me let me guess. I'm just going to take a wild guess here, but perhaps you were eating chips like Pringles when you <laughs> named your new book. Well, maybe he you was know? eating prawns. Or maybe prawns. And you know, yeah. Pring, you know, actually the chip is called Pringles with an yes. S. That's oh. true. So uh, a prawn is a shrimp. It is. Okay. Is prawn. So Pringle prawn sort of went with the, the title. One of my critique partners, we we got like six on our group. He he doesn't call it we they're critiquing, you know, the 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 my material now, you know, we do it two or three chapters at a time. And he doesn't call her Pringle. He calls her potato chip. <laughs> well, I think it's a great title. It's something some people will remember, you know. I think it's awesome. So Michael, uh, Chris said, I missed the answer, but is Michael indie or traditional? Started off as traditional. Mm -hmm. uh, but now I'm definitely Indian for a number of reasons, not, not the least of which uh, no, and I'm sure you all as well. You know, a lot of authors who have publishers, uh, traditional publishers even now, and agents. And uh, I've yet to meet an author who's happy with their agent. I'm sure there's some out there. And <laughs> most of them complain that they're having, most of the ones I know anyway are complaining that they're only getting about a 30 to 35% royalty, yet they're still having to do 80 to 90% of the PR and all of that. So uh, I went through that with, the other publishing company and if i'm going to have to do all the work and carry all the water then i should get the majority of the royalties and that's the way i feel about it and that's 
That's the way we do too. Yep. <laughs> Chris Christman says, will you be in Kansas City? I assume he's talking about Kansas City Comic Con. No, like I said, we generally try to stay within a six hour radius of, of Mount Pleasant where I live. Uh, so uh, I've been, we're expanding a little bit. Like I said, we're going to a Comic Con in Mississippi, in Jackson, Mississippi this time. I think that's in June. Mm. And, uh, but it's, uh, you know, those things generally last two to three days. And when you count the travel, it's, you know, it's, it, it it's quite a bit of traveling. And um, if I were 21 years old again, maybe, you know, <laughs> that would be okay. But a lot know, of things would be different, wouldn't they? Oh, sure would. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Conchal says, you need to keep a series Bible. It'll save your life. Uh, you know, I don't, what is now series Bible? I'm not sure what that is. To keep track of all your keep characters and what characters. they've oh, done. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. Are, Who they yeah. are and what they've done yeah. and what they yes. just do. Characteristics and, yeah. and all well, that stuff. That's, yeah, what they That is true. Like, like I said, I, I, had to, I had to have my old, the previous three books by the time I got to the fourth and last book. Literally was going through and leaping through. Okay, what was the name of that person? Yeah, exactly, right? You know, so, yeah, that's a good idea. So, Joyce Shelton, New York, says shrimp on chips. <laughs> Yummy. Yeah. Or chips on shrimp. I mean, I don't know. I don't do that in Indiana, Joyce. <laughs> so, <laughs> Chris Christman said, wow, so it doesn't make sense to do traditional. Yeah, well... I'm telling you, if you remember, Chris, we've had New York Times bestsellers here that have all kinds of agents and stuff, and they're still out there having to do all their own publicity. It's uh, crazy to me. We have another comment. George, George Dismukes. Dismukes. Yes, it is. Is this Hi, damn George. thing working now? George <laughs> has been listening to the whole show and has been having trouble getting his uh, questions onto the air. So George, now's the time. We only got a few minutes left to come up with some good questions. <laughs> Don't ask him to repeat the show. <laughs> <laughs> but George, we told everyone that you were on CJ. Did I say CJ? Yeah, CJ. Yeah, CJ's show. And Michael is, of course, the co-host. So Book World, The Great Escape. Yeah. And we so one o'clock on is it every Wednesday, Michael? Yes, at one o'clock. Okay. Yeah. One o'clock Central Standard Time. Right. Yeah. We posted a link to it on on um our you know on George's page actually. Yeah. And uh, on Indie Book Source. And on so. Indie Book Source, yep. Yeah. George Dismuke says, Hi Mike, good time today. Well, thank you, George. It was a really good interview, I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. Interesting and a lot of fun. It was. It sure is. Yes. He is. Joe Conjol said, you should come to Heroes Aren't Hard to Find in Charlotte at least once. It's awesome. Oh, Is that, oh, we'll go there. Oh, yeah, we can go there, Joe. We're not just, heroes, though. You just need to, uh, you know, let us know yeah. when it is. Yeah. We could come up. That would be fun. And Heroes Aren't Hard to Find sounds like it's like, you know, Marvel and DC and stuff like that. But yeah. Am I right or am I wrong? You can tell I'm us. Right. Joyce Shelton, New York's a great show. Did you mean um, the show that George was on this afternoon or this 
<laughs> Joe Conchal said, you are right. Ah, that's what I thought. Do you have, uh, do you do a, a book signing there, Joe? So Mike, what kind of advice do you have for a, 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 somebody who's just getting started writing? A would-be writer. A would-be writer, a newbie. Well, I get, believe it or not, I get asked, and I'm sure you all do the same, these mm -hmm. many book events and comic cons at least once, sometimes two or three times, I get asked that. And uh, down through the years, I've kind of given different answers, but I think I've come to the, to the uh, point where I think that the best answer I can give is finish what you start. Because so many of them tell me they go to a certain point and they just, you know, they, they stop. And, uh, and, you know, you have to finish if you're going, to, well, I've got the story and I've got to this point and that's, you know, and they just uh, run into a brick wall or something, but almost all of them have never, all, almost all of them have started a story, started writing a book. Very few of them ever finish it. And until you finish the story, there's not much you can do until you reach that point. And I go back to, again, what uh, Caleb Pirtle says. You can fix the other stuff. You can fix the grammar. You can fix the misplaced commas. You can, you know, you can fix the POV, uh, you know, problems. Uh, but you can't fix a bad story. You, you have to, you, know, you get the story, you finish it. And then from that point on, you know, go to writers' conferences, join. I mean, right here in rural East Texas, we have three different writers' organizations within a 60-mile radius of each other. So if we got three different writers' organizations where y'all live in Tampa and I'm sure any other metropolitan place, I'm sure there are a number of writers' uh, organizations, many of whom Zoom since COVID, which means you don't have to physically be present in the room. Right. And uh, that's how you learn the nuts and bolts of it. You do first, and then you listen to what other experienced authors have done, and then you correct what, what you've already put forth. So finish what you start. That's, that would be my best advice. Joyce Shelton York says, so true. They start criticizing themselves and lose, lose confidence, confidence, and yeah. that's why they don't finish. But also, I think there are some stories that <clears throat> I know that I've been working on one that's just a bear. And I've probably been working on this particular book for 10 years, at least. And it's um, a book about Jezebel, but from a different viewpoint than maybe we've heard about Jezebel and um, the uh, wanting to be authentic is bogging me down and not really understanding the Phoenician lifestyle that well and trying to find that. Too bad we can't I, time travel. And this is where I have a little problem with being <laughs> a little OCD is <laughs> wanting it to be accurate because really when you think about it, if I don't know what the heck Phoenicians live like probably most people don't right okay. however i don't want people to read the story and get knocked out of the story because there's such glaring uh problems with the way i've presented the book you know 
So I think sometimes it's stuff like that too. That's, that's <laughs> Chris Christman said, write the book, finish and write the next book better. There is a learning curve yeah, for real. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. Big time. Big yeah. Time. yeah. I agree. All right. Well, I think we're coming to the end here. And um, yeah, it's been an hour already, people. Yeah, Can you believe been, it? Yeah. That went by quick. What it a, did go by quickly. My goodness. It was really fun and interesting. Uh, George Dismukes oh, okay. says Jezebel. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> Thank you, George. Now we can find her and figure out what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Robin says, great show. Thanks, all. <laughs> and Chris says, thanks for another great show. Thanks, Michael. Yeah. I enjoyed the podcast. My Marjorie Deering. That's good. I hope you had a chance to refill it during the show. <laughs> that was Marjorie Deering. Yeah. So we enjoyed this podcast. Thank you, too. Michael. And maybe when we get to Texas, we'll be able to say hi in person. I, that'd be awesome. That's thank great. you for having me on your show. Thank you. We're thank going to you move you over to the side. The Stay right where you're at until we come back to you. You'll be off the air at that point. Okay. Don't fall off the edge of the stage, though. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you stopped okay. just in time. That's good. All righty. Um, that was good. It was really a fun show. It was. Um want to remind everybody next week is Paul Rushworth Brown, Australian author. Um, that is a pre-recorded uh, new episode, but it's a really good episode. So make sure you watch and then support Paul and he's going to have a book giveaway and everything. Uh, and you'll want to get a copy of one of his books for sure. Uh, the week after that on the 15th will be our next live presentation. It is our 100th episode yeah celebration we've been on the air for more than two years now yeah, you guys and crazy we're and gonna have a bunch of authors back five people that during this last year were significant uh yeah. we have so many that are significant yeah it's really hard to pick but let me say this george Smuke said really enjoyed the part of the show that he got to see well, i'll send you the you link know, you can watch the whole thing yeah. tomorrow at your leisure or during the night at one o'clock in the morning when you're trying to sleep yeah, you want to tell people who's going to be on that show? Yeah, uh, Marjorie Deering, Tori Gates, Jamil Effend, Hanaro Torres, and Douglas Gardam. Yeah, those and those were all really great. Well, good shows and, and shows. had a lot of uh, downloads. A lot of people downloaded their episodes mm -hmm. during during the year. Mm -hmm. So we've now had for those of you watching and listening more than. 20,000 just downloads of the podcast never mind how many people we've had viewing the the live um in and then the repeat view of the vodcast so right so yeah. it's, it's continuing it's not too long ago we told you we went past the 10,000 mark that, <laughs> that was in december i think uh-huh and we're already over it's 20, just 000, gone so it's like Ooh. exponentially growing which is really cool <laughs> So, and Chris also, Christmas also said to, awesome uh, about the podcast. And what we like is that it's great for the podcast, but it's also great for the authors, yeah, that they're getting out there and um and seeing so so many their books are getting out there. One of the first authors that we ever um interviewed was on another podcast. We were asked to bring on 
an author and interview them on someone else's podcast. So, so we did that. It was Cindy Smith. We've never been able to get her to be on our podcast. She's a poet and she's a really good poet. And we, we would love to have her on this show, but she just sent me a birthday card and that was two years ago. And she, Never misses a birthday misses or a, a holiday. Yeah, Cindy J. Smith. She's I just a want to give a shout out to Cindy. And all of our authors are that amazing and wonderful and kind and, and I, good. I must give a heartfelt apology to Joe Conjol because he's written down number one, but somehow he he is going to be he's going to be on on the one hundredth episode as well. So he, just, he just texted me and said. Am I still on there? <laughs> yeah, you are, Joe. Joe, so sorry. Oh God, I'm very sorry. But uh, somehow somebody, I think my dog got the eraser on the pencil and kind of went off to the uh, off to the side there. But yes, Joe, we expect you to be here. Everybody wants you to be here. Another awesome show and another awesome person. I just can't yes. even begin to thank all of you so much for all your kindness and participation Right. for the last 100 interviews when you're in the audience it makes the show better also yes. well, love everyone's contributing it's great it is so love it stay tuned now at the end of the show here if you're trying to get over to the voice of indie podcast we'll tell um, you how to get there and the first thing we're going to have is is the um um <laughs> joe Gonjo said thanks. thanks yes well <laughs> you are written down as number one the first thing we're going to show is the instructions on how to get there then we'll have our sign out and um Everyone, thank you so much for showing up, and until next time. That's all, folks. Good night. Live every Wednesday, your Voice of Indie hosts, Beam Weeks and Stephen G's, welcome authors, musicians, publishing industry pros, artists, and assorted creative guests for an exciting interactive hour. Call in during the show or post questions and comments on Twitter for responses in real time. Meet your favorite indie creators, learn inside tips, network, and promote your work. The link for each week's show is pinned on Twitter atop at Voice of Indie. And you can receive the link every Wednesday morning in your inbox by subscribing to our newsletter at freshinkgroup.com. Check out Voice of Indie every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio and catch hundreds of episodes archived everywhere from our websites to our YouTube channel and Spotify. Thank you for joining us here on Meet the Author. Make sure you stay up to date with our show by clicking like, follow, and share. And you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and more. See you next time on WLFE-DV.com.